Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. I think we were pretty clear about how 2021 was just going to be this rather unpleasant shit show. Yeah, I think we, you know, a lot of people were hoping that we'd return to normal, whatever normal was. It was never going to go back to normal. And I think people suspected that. But because you don't really know what would be in the space of not normal, then I think people use the phrase new normal because somehow they needed something to become normal. They needed to normalize something, right? But the problem is because everything kind of remain shitty were we really going to normalize shitty could we normalize shitty i mean i guess in many ways we had already normalized shitty for most of our lives shitty relationships to our parents shitty relationships to friends or high school experiences i mean i think in many ways we've normalized so much and yet perhaps it's because of that that we needed things to get like really 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 shitty (laughs) (laughs) to finally think, well, maybe things really need to get a lot better Mm. as opposed to just, okay, I'm just going to keep normalizing my shit life. For any kind of progress we felt the world was making, something then else would happen to remind us of the past in progress. I don't know what the other word is, the opposite of progress. (laughs) De-evolution or... I guess, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like for every progress we thought the world was making... Something that would happen, we'd be like, oh, wait, we're not as progressed as we thought we were. The past is either haunting us or terrorizing us or we're having to relearn something. Didn't we learn it already? And um, I know we're speaking a bit vaguely, but I think it's really just an effort to sort of encompass what had been going on since 2019. It was like two steps forward, four steps back. Or four steps forward, two steps back. We were constantly scrambling in this kind of like forward moving loop. And when you do that, it's not as if you're fully regressing. It's not quite a regression. Because once you've made your evolutionary progress, you remain in that space. But when memory comes up and slaps you in the face, it's not that you've regressed to that space or to what that memory is representing. You're just having to get a different perspective on it in order to enable your forward-moving evolution. So I guess it's kind of two things, right? On the first side, and we've spoken about this a lot in a lot of the different podcasts, is that how can we believe, have faith, trust, know that things will be different when all we know Mm -hmm. is, as we were just discussing, normal, which was shitty relationships, shitty experiences. You know, our memory plays tricks on us because it's like, well, last time this happened... This is how it went down. Yeah. We're still playing within the rules of separation. We're still playing in the rules of polarity in our minds because that is what we've been taught. We've only experienced, right? Mm -hmm. So it's normal for us to then start applying those kind of rules again to our lives because we haven't really known anything different yet. Rules or expectations, right? Yeah. I mean, there really are just very constrained parameters Mm. that separation of polarity represent. And I remember um, Ellen saying this, my God, maybe even a decade ago or more, how history will just cease to be relevant. And in many ways, it's true. I mean, I'm a historian and I thought, how can history ever be irrelevant? And I realized what she meant by that. And it is because history is a story. It's perspective. 
And there are many ways in which to read and interpret and glean historical events. Now, there are facts, right? This happened on this day. Those are indisputable. But motivations, intentions, and outcomes are often the thing that gets reinterpreted through our memories. And depending on what happens at the end. Yeah, exactly. That's when things become very skewed, right? Mm. Well, I was going to say the only other second point about what we were talking about memory is that when we talk about fully understanding something, as you said in the past, we have to fully integrate that healing in all of our bodies. So whilst it may feel like we're repeating something, what Mm -hmm. we might be doing is learning it from a mental perspective and then an emotional perspective and then a spiritual perspective and even a physical perspective. You know, we're learning it from different perspectives or healing all the different bodies that have been affected by the trauma effectively. Mm -hmm. But You know, we talk about this a lot in a lot of our podcasts about perspective, because when you're locked in your karma, when you believe that everything, you know, is a reflection of how you're not good enough, that's going to be a very different story to coming from a place where you believe everything is a reflection of how you are enough. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when we talk about gratitude and mindfulness and all these types of practices, what they're doing is they're trying to get put the cart before the horse effectively, right? Yeah. They're trying to get us to see, well, if you believed you were enough, this is how you would feel. It doesn't mm-hmm. work until you figure out why you don't. Yeah. But it is that perspective change mm-hmm. that really does change a story. And so reality isn't real. You know, it isn't based on our senses, our feelings, or what we believe to be true, because that's all really subjective. But it is based on our collective experience. I know this happened and is happening because I'm not alone in this. As in this happened to my people. This happened to my family. This happened to my country. This happened to my generation. This happened to my gender. Yeah. Is it things that I know that I have been marginalized because everyone else around me has also been marginalized in the same way? Exactly. And so we're having to move into a time when we define our realities irrespective of the ones outside of us. Like if we maintain this kind of collective experience or identity, we never really get to the root of our own identity, which is ultimately the shared identity. Which is we are enough. We are all enough. We are divine. Yeah. I am God. You are God. We are all the same at our core. But we don't get there if we are constantly working on our outward identity. Which is effectively someone else's God over us, even if we don't part of like it. it. Yeah. Exactly. It's very easy for me to say, oh, well, I'm part of these groups that all make me a victim, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, it makes no difference how I act, believe, etc. until these groups are no longer victims, I will never not be a victim either. Mm-hmm. But actually, I don't have to be like anyone else because I'm not like anyone else. That's right. And really what I'm choosing to identify with is just a reflection of my pain, Mm -hmm. not actually a reflection of my identity. I feel marginalized. Yeah. So if I feel marginalized, if I Mm -hmm. feel looked over, if I feel like I'm being made to not be good enough by someone else, that's my pain. And in turn, then I guess that becomes the reality. It becomes your reality. Yeah, because then you also reinforce it. So... (laughs) On a very simple level, if we can look at it from, you know, an individual to a collective one, once you believe something, our mind naturally looks for things to back up that belief. Yeah. 
And as humans, our brains are wired to back up the negative beliefs before the positive ones, because that's how we've always survived. Exactly. It's evolutionary. Mm-hmm. So the more we choose to identify with a collective pain, a collective victimhood, the more we will see that in our lives until it really does pervade all of our reality. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, that's all we know ourselves to be. Exactly. It keeps us very, very small. And yes, the key is to see that we are so much bigger and then have our brains do the opposite. But again, as I said, you know, maybe probably about three minutes ago, we cannot do that until we look at why we don't think we're good enough and what our pain is. Because otherwise our reality will always be reflecting our pain back to us. Because unless we heal it, it will be there. And that is the sad, shitty truth we just have to accept. If it's unhealed, it will keep coming up. We cannot ignore our way out of our pain. So ultimately, it, this means that we are who we choose to be. Yeah, I yeah. guess, yeah, yeah. And so how you choose to be shapes it all into this package of your life, right? And grasping that we are who we choose to be is really the fundamental rule in co-creation. Yeah. Because, you know, as we were saying about these different practices out there, which say, just, just choose it, just let it go. Just, you know, be grateful, be, be mindful, and it'll all just work out. And as we said now three, four times, oh. it doesn't work that way because <laughs> your pain will follow you. But once you're able to heal your pain, it is then available for you to start making these choices. Really, it is all about how a change in perspective can change everything, as we say in every single start of every podcast. When you can own that you are who you choose to be, you are owning yourself from the very beginning of time, that larger, larger self that you are only just coming to know now, like you, Rhea, or anyone who has embarked on whatever spiritual adventure that they have over the past few years. There's something so much bigger, greater, and larger out there in terms of our spiritual identity than we can even grasp at this very moment. We're really here ultimately, in this lifetime to serve, right? That is our purpose as as humans in this particular lifetime. As we've, we've always said, our purpose will eventually shift. Mm. But when we say to serve, we don't mean in service to, in slavery to. We no. mean that ultimately what will bring us the most joy and the most love will be you know, be truly be ourselves, which in turn will somehow, although we cannot understand how yet or see it, serve the collective on a wider level. Exactly. And we can't, as we know, serve anyone when we're in our pain. Exactly. Right. And we're just reinforcing everyone else's pain and mirroring their pain. Exactly. Because when you're in pain, all you're doing to mitigate that is hurt other people. Yeah. And perpetuate separation and polarity. Exactly. Right, which so, defeats the purpose because we're here to move into oneness consciousness. Yeah. It really is important, though, then to understand because what we saw a lot of or what was causing a lot of pain the past couple of years is what was sort of termed identity politics. That really created this even larger chasm. And that was in response to the fact that separation made our identities so limited. You're a boy. She's a girl. We had very limited identities. These are the roles that males play. These are the roles that women play, etc. And so identity politics was the result. But actually, that's a superficial identity. Very much. 
as we're watching everything unravel, we're watching gender unravel, watching race unravel, we're watching relationships unravel. It's all unraveling around us, which is why it's been such a weird couple of years because we don't want it to unravel because then who the fuck are we outside of that? Well, yes. the answer is we are whoever the fuck we want to be. Yeah. And isn't that better than being kept I, small by someone else telling me what I, what I should be, act, look like because of who I am when actually who I am is limitless and so my potential is limitless and so my power is limitless right and so ultimately our identity is rooted in our divinity as a result because it is only in our divinity that we are limitless and I guess like the larger we see our identity as yeah the greater our power is to define our lives because we can see how powerful we are when we are in our divinity right now our identity still remains superficial no matter how we look at it, no matter what angle we're using, no matter what perspective we take, it's still quite superficial. It's still based on the color of our skin or our ethnicity, our gender or lack thereof, and who we fuck or how we choose to identify or not at all, right? I mean, we could just totally blank slate who we are and just be like, I am nothing. Yeah. You know, it's... You could be, I am nothing, <laughs> but you could be, I am everything. Exactly. What do you want to be? I prefer mm-hmm. to be everything rather than nothing. Or beyond all that, right? Which is ultimately what we're moving toward, but it still seems that we have to sift through these superficial layers to get there. What has really posed the greatest challenge is the fact that people will argue, you don't know what it's like to be me. And the reality is, I know my own struggle, right? I kicked my own karma in the ass. I had to learn how to show compassion. I had to learn love. I had to deal with enough shit in my life that I can understand what it means for you to have to deal with your shit. And that's really the point. It's not that I have to ever be in your shoes to know what it's like to walk in shoes. Everything is subjective. Everything. It is entirely subjective, which is why the stories can't matter much longer or they will continue to hold us back when it comes to our evolution. Yeah, it makes sense. And when I could finally grasp that, when I got this message years and years and years ago, was when I was like, oh, I get it now. Because the longer we hold on to our stories, the longer we hold on to our identities, the longer it will take for us to get to where we really need to go. How do we then release ourselves from the stories? Well, we heal the stories, right? So we heal the pain and the trauma that these stories represent, because that's why we tell them over and over and over again. And we tell them to the point where these stories become ours when they don't even belong to us. They belong to our ancestors. Yeah. Right? For many of us. Yeah. They belong to our parents. It's not necessarily something I experienced personally, but it was something that was shared with me to ensure that it never got repeated or that I knew where I came from or that I understood that I needed to appreciate the fact that my family had their own struggles, right? Yeah, because that's what we think compassion is. Feel sorry for other people, respect their pain, mm-hmm. when actually that's not compassion at all. Yeah. Now, the challenge with this that I do grasp is the fact that there are, and this is why just when we think we're in the clear, something kind of comes up to remind us of the past. The reason the past comes up, as we said, it's because we haven't fully integrated the lessons. We haven't fully healed it, right? And so they'll keep coming up and they'll keep coming up. And so rather than continue to dismiss the past when it does come up, it really is 
Can we just sit with this for a moment? Is there something I'm missing? Clearly, I'm missing something if it keeps coming up. So what because is actually it? when 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 something is healed, when mm-hmm. a past thing is healed, yeah, it doesn't come up anymore, right? You forget. You do. So if yeah. it's coming up, it wants to be tended to. It really does. It needs to be owned. If we're still haunted, as you said at the beginning, by our memories, which is effectively stories of our past that we haven't healed. And at the same time, if we are who we choose to be, mm-hmm. we can't really choose to be anyone not based in our pain until we've healed it, which means that the power to create the lives we want has everything to do with healing our shit and mm-hmm. then being able to then tap into a space of desire, which can only really be tapped into once we're healed. Yeah. Because we're not wanting something to make us feel better. We're wanting something to bring us joy. And those are two very different things. We're wanting something to also line up with our purpose. I want a partner because I don't want to feel alone rather than I want a partner to add more love into my life. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between I want this career because I don't want to feel unsuccessful rather than this is the career that lights me up and I feel like I feel alive when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always really need to look at why are we asking for this thing? Is it something to satiate a fear and satisfy our ego? Or, or FOMO. Is it some, or FOMO. Exactly. Or is it something that's going to actually add more love into our lives? Because effectively, what we all want to co-create in our own subjective ways is a life that echoes back to us love and joy and happiness in every facet. And that is, in my opinion, what divine power is. We are able to do that. Part of the reason why we can't just go on with memory and history and an identity the way we have is because it narrows our perspective. It creates a filter through which we see not just ourselves, but other people. And it also tells us if X happens, then Y happens equals Z. And so we believe those, that formula. Yeah, it just skews our perspective around everything mm. and why things happen and how they should happen and when they should happen and how it all should happen. And I think this is something that you can attest to in your own experience is that the more you come into your spiritual maturity, which was season two for anyone who's just tuning in now, the more the ultimate goal when it comes to spiritual maturity, aside a few other, a few things, is detachment. So part of understanding our divine power is understanding how much detachment plays into that. Now, we've taught that through understanding compassion. Compassion allows you to be in step with others. So it's understanding that a person is doing the best they can, even though it may not be your best. And that's okay. You're not going to stand in judgment of them. And understanding that also means getting that that is your spiritual maturity. So when you really are in your divinity, you are able to hold the space for everything. As you said, I can, I can say I am everything. I am all. The divine is never blind. The divine sees everything. And the divine can see it all without the filters. And also without the judgment. Yeah. So, for example, you can hold the space for someone to be acting in a way that you might not enjoy. Mm -hmm. But you can also hold the space (laughs) at the same time. I love it. You may not enjoy. I'm trying to find a word that's right or wrong. (laughs) Well, that you might in your in your karma state is when you're really going through the, oh my God, how can that person do that? What an yeah, idiot. But they're doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them evil. It doesn't make them great. It just makes them people. Yeah. 
you know, it's something that we, we, we have as humans. And I was thinking about it when you were saying in the last episode, when we were talking about we don't make mistakes anymore, we do that to each other. The judgment and shame ends up, it's like one strike and you're out. Oh, you acted this way once. I can never trust you again. Well, the truth mm-hmm. is you can trust them again and you do trust them again. If we're unable to see ourselves as fallible beings, we'll never be able to see someone else as a fallible person either. We'll be looking for perfection in others in order to make sure that we can start to believe that we are perfect in ourselves. And that doesn't work. We have to first see that we are perfectly imperfect and embrace that. And once we're able to do that and we can do it in other people, that is how we're able to get to detachment because then other people's actions don't matter so much because they don't have such an impact on our worthiness. Or on our perfection. And it's not just perfection. I would also argue, because I do find, sometimes I think people hear perfection and they're like, well, I already know I'm not perfect, so it's fine. But even right, that sort of virtue signaling that comes from always needing to be correct. Yeah. And that's the thing. And those are the stories that we write. Those are the histories that we are living with. We hear it all the time. History is written by the victor. We're all trying to win at life when there are no winners. We're all trying there were to no tell winners. There were no winners in no ever. Separation, ever, 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 and we're all ever. trying to tell the story to come out as the winners when really it's just a story that's a bit BS. Or the victims, or yeah. the victims that deserve leave saving. Yeah, <laughs> that need saving, right? And at the end of the day, if if there are no stories, and we are just all human, mm-hmm. fucking it up perfectly and divinely then that's the power. Once we embrace that, and once we can see that we are who we choose to be, then we can really create what we want rather than what we don't want because we want to. We don't want to find out that we aren't who we choose to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's it simple. does, actually. It's a really good point. And to yeah. the final point about detachment is that you know, detachment is not being cold. It is not lacking compassion. It is, when it comes to spiritual detachment, it's just allowing... It's, it's, it's allowing with love. It is saying, I understand that this is how it's going to be. And I think for the coming years, it's really important to get to that space as best as we can, as soon as we can. Without writing stories around it. And that's the thing about allowing it. It's not just allowing other people. It's also allowing ourselves. If we are unable to do it to ourselves first, we will never be able to do it with other people or our external. It is internal first. That is how we learn to navigate our external. It's that way around. So really the first thing to do in this space is to give ourselves permission to live and let everything else come from there. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.